The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's the Axe Tornado, Todd Vandenberg, and I'm the Nature Dragon, Rob Steele. You can tell it's WrestleMania weekend, and we didn't... I don't think we watched it, did we? No, I didn't didn't watch it. didn't care that much. Um, But we do have news and reviews, and even news about us. Did you know that we are now on iHeartRadio? Woo-hoo! Yay for us, so... You know, another place to listen to it. Tell your friends, damn it. Um, I mean, you're stuck at home. You, 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 you've got some, got to listen to something anyway. May as well be us, better than Joe Exotic. Um, <clears throat> Definitely see so. a survey a little while ago that I thought was interesting. It said 70% of people want to be able to go back to theaters. And I'm what? Like what? Yeah, the, the other 30% were severe introverts. Yes, every, every I guessing. think people just want to get out and go somewhere, but not yet. Yes, There's still the yet. nasty thing outside. There is. I don't mean Donald Trump. He's might be inside at the time. The the beer virus. There we go. The beer virus. I, I do like the fact that now they're recommending that everyone mask when they go out in public. Recommending, not requiring. Big difference. And the aforementioned <clears throat> leader is showing his leadership by saying, no, he feels good. He's not going to do it. Okay. Cool, bro. <laughs> it's like, holy mother of God. Anyway... Yeah, let's see. Moving on. Um, I thought this was interesting, and I was wondering at first why this particular piece of information was on a movie news site. And then it occurred to me, how existed. So (laughs) there we go. Uh, Agent 57, which is an artificial intelligence program, is now able to beat 57 different games on the Atari 2600. And I thought, you know, that's, that's... Good for it, but the Atari 2600 came out in 1977, and I I was able to beat them back then, and I was, what, six? Which would be about the same age as an AI program. Yeah, my my son was beating Atari games when he was like four, so, I mean, it's a step up. an advanced kid. It's a step up, not, you know, not belittling it, and the way it goes, that means in about four years, uh, yeah, it'll be beating... PS5 games. Yeah, or Watson, so... Fun. Let's see. Speaking of things that were probably better in 1977, Jamie Lee Curtis. That's harsh, bro. Harsh. I'm sorry. I still love Jamie Lee Curtis. I think she's great. Jamie Uh, Lee Curtis is great. I thought this was interesting. She might be in The Mandalorian Season 2. They can't confirm that. They know she was on the set for several days, but they can't confirm that she was filmed with anything. Um, My theory is she was playing a bounty hunter named Activia. (laughs) <laughs> and hunting probiotics or something well done well done sir i i did not make up that story that that's not an april fool's thing that that was real that would be excellent if she mm. played a bounty hunter played yeah uh yeah that would be awesome if she's because i really like jimmy lee curtis she's excellent yeah agreed who doesn't like Jamie Lee Curtis? Um, I'm not sure she's good for the next role, though. They announced something for the third season of Titans. Michael Myers. No. Doesn't like oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Really? Ah, screw it. He puts on a mask and tries to kill her. <laughs> Sorry, I went to, to Wayne's World for a minute and went, why the hell does he? Anyway. And why hasn't he been in a Halloween movie? He's like, come on. What, what the hell? What's wrong you, with these people? Just as, you know, random guy killed number six. <laughs> Yes. Okay. You were speaking of Titan season three. Uh, they're adding Barbara Gordon. Which which version of Barbara Gordon? <clears throat> well, th- there's no word yet as to whether she's going to be Batgirl or Oracle. Yeah. Uh, nor is there any casting news. I just thought it was an interesting tidbit. Maybe it's Jamie Lee Curtis. 
like I said, I don't know that she's quite the right person for that role. But hey, <laughs> sure, go right ahead. Oh, let's see. What else have we got? We've got news of, uh, well, it's more Corona stuff because the coronavirus has really screwed up theaters, which is something that's just weird. Um, lots of movies have changed their dates. Uh, let's see the Tom Hanks movie Greyhound. Uh, originally June 12th. Now we have no idea. Peter Rabbit 2 moved back to January 15th. This one annoys me. Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, was going to be July 10th. Now it's March 5th next year. Um, the Marvel movie Morbius, try saying that three times real quick, no. uh, moved back to March 19th of next year. Uh, Uncharted what hasn't even started <laughs> filming. Now th- this one, this one amused me a little bit. Um, the Kevin Hart film Fatherhood was supposed to be January of next year, mm-hmm. but they moved it up to October 23rd. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you, you're obviously missing the trend here, but uh, that's the why wrong they, direction. My theory not? is that movie was going to bomb anyway, so may as well move it up to a time when people are still not in theaters. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Why don't they move it up to October the 23rd of last year? Uh, yeah, that's kind of weird. I don't get that. Um, I speaking of though in theaters, that does remind me because pre-pro, mm-hmm. not you, Ted. We were talking about should we mention streaming services? And it's like, uh, people know there's lots of streaming services, but there's tons out there. Here's something I came across just yesterday, which is a really interesting take on streaming and the fact that we can't go to the movie theater. Kino Lorber, which is a distributor, and they've been around for literally for decades. Uh, They have this new, very cool concept of releasing movies. You know how you can rent movies that were supposed to come out in the theaters and you can fork over your $19.99 for it, which is terrible. Uh, Kino Lorber has done this. They're doing this similar concept with two really big, awesome twists. Uh, For one thing, instead of $19.99, it's $10. And these are all smaller films because that's what they specialize in, art house films. You find the movie that you want to watch. <clears throat> Let's say I want to watch something called Synonyms. <clears throat> when the won the Golden Bear. Very cool. So if you want to watch this movie Synonyms, which would have been coming out to an art house cinema near you, you go to Keenan Lorber and you click on Synonyms, Synonyms, and you click the Pay link that bucks. shows the movie theater that you want to watch it at. That you would have watched it at. And that rental money goes to that theater. Okay, that's cool. So, so you still support your local art house theater. You still support your local out, art house theater. theater. Yeah, art house theater. I apologize. So, and synonyms actually I clicked the wrong thing because that's not part of the program. It's something else. But so, for instance, if I want to watch this movie, Thousand Pieces of Gold, you look at play dates, you click on that. There's your list by city and state. If I want to go to the Alamo Draft House in Katy, Texas, if I want to go to, for instance, ooh, let's go to the Oslo Cinema in Monterey, California. And this is set up rather odd because not all this is basically what they were going to be playing because right. some some movies are not at some theaters, etc. So here's the Oslo Theater, and I'll click on that, and they get the money, and I paid ten bucks to watch the movie instead. So you can still support the, your local theater that you really like to go to and watch these movies. It's just such a r- brilliant concept. 
So kudos to Kino Lorber. I mean, that's just amazing. It uh, saves you money. And so it's the price of what your movie ticket was going to be anyway. And in a lot of cases, a little less. And you're supporting the theater. So awesome job on that. I thought that was just brilliant. Anyway. Going from small films and great ideas to probably big films and questionable ideas. <laughs> because I, I'll admit that I wouldn't mind going to see Ant-Man 3. However, I'm not a big fan of Rick and Morty. The reason I put the two together is because Jeff Loveness, who wrote Rick and Morty, or at least co-wrote a lot of it, is has been tapped to write Ant-Man 3, which has made me kind of go, now I'm not quite as interested as I used to be. I know it's going to be good, or, you know, moderately good, at least. I am not sure what's going to happen <laughs> with that, because the other news about Ant-Man 3 is we may not be seeing Evangeline Lilly playing Wasp. Really? Yes. Oh, you haven't seen this. Yeah, she apparently decided to go on social media and talk and complain about uh, social distancing rules and say that her freedom was more important than that. And I don't have the direct quote, but it was basically really uh, selfish, short-sighted, and stupid. And Marvel was not happy with that comment at all. And there are rumors, hasn't been announced, but there are rumors that there initially rumors were that this was going to be her last uh, appearance in the MCU. And then the rumors became that she already made her last appearance in the MCU. So we'll find out what happens uh, with this. And obviously it's not against the law. No. Thankfully to say what you feel about this kind of situation, but at the same time, and we had this a similar discussion years ago when Disney said, James Gunn, you're out of here. You're not doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for some tweets that he did. Mm, what was it at the time? I 10 years ago? Different. Yeah, it was. And that's different. Because you said these things in the third grade. Oh, geez. Sorry. Yeah, it was a joke that he had, and a joke in poor taste that he had said 10 years ago. This is a, and if you took his statement seriously. What he was talking about is far worse than what she's saying. But it was a joke and it was 10 years ago. This is something she just said and deliberately made this statement. And it's not a good look. And pretty much any company you work for, they don't want you to present their product in, in a bad light because you're going to hurt their image. And of course, she didn't say, hey, I'm the wasp and I say this. But she's recognizable, and people make that correlation. So, uh, yeah, she has every right to say that. And, of course, <clears throat> Marvel has every right to fire her for saying stupid like that. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I really enjoyed her in the role, and hopefully she, for her own health and the health of her family, realizes, oh, that was really dumb. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> Ant-Man, and the, Ant-Man 3... Uh, may have some troubles. We'll see what happens. Well, there's other other Marvel news that did come out this week, and mostly in the form of dates. It threw me off that Captain Marvel 2 has been announced for July 8th, 2022. And that's the way they announced it, too. It made you go, what? They were filming? Oh, two years from now. Oh, yeah, pricks. <laughs> um, but they did announce the dates for the upcoming Marvel movies and what they're going to be, which I think was nice of them, finally. Yes. Um Black Widow got moved back to November 6th. Right. The Eternals moved to February 12th of next year. 
because you can't do it this year. Uh, the Shang-Chi movie, May, uh, May 7th of next year. Doctor Strange 2, November 5th of next year. Grr. That's one I really want to see. Um, Thor 4, February 17th, 2022. Black Panther, May 6th, 2022. Uh, and then, like I said, Captain Marvel 2, July 8th, 2022. 2022 so, is going to be a busy year. It's, it's, I think the next two years are going to be huge just because yeah. there's the films that are already planned, plus this year's that have been moved back. Right. Um, something that's not going to be in theaters, and this is uh, another Disney movie, Artemis Fowl, which I got to be honest, didn't look all that great to begin with, but it's going <laughs> straight to Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, there's just not a date yet. It'll be sometime this summer. Um but you know what? Going straight from spies and superheroes and stuff right into the first of two movies you've got this week. Because isn't it about spy superheroes at least? Kind it of. It is about superheroes. I'm talking about a movie that came out 10 years ago. And 10 years. I mean, this week seems like it was five years ago itself. So That's true. Yeah, back in August of 2010... You've aged well, by the way, since last week. I have. Thank you so much. And as you have, a few as have as well. And we're both alive, which is also good. So uh, there's this guy named Edgar Wright, and he's pretty well known right now. Writer, director, awesome movies like Shaun of the Dead, Baby Driver, which is fantastic. He wasn't that well known back in 2010. And he put out this movie called Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which was based on a graphic novel. And when it first came out, I watched the trailer and I thought, ah, this looks really dumb. So I didn't watch the movie. So, so probably four or five years after it came out, I finally watched it and I thought, wow, this movie is so cool. And I thought this week, I think I'll watch that again because I have not seen it in forever. So Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It is really, really insanely filmed in in the best way very comic booky and yes it is live action but uses a lot of frames like a comic book you actually see lots of biffs and pows and whams like the old batman tv show except the cgi is better it's not just like some cardboard cutout some guy put up it's really beautifully shot extremely funny very well directed the premise is this guy He's kind of a schmuck, and Michael Sarah plays him. And if you know Michael Sarah, you're not surprised about the way the character is portrayed because he excels in those. He's a good guy, but he's awkward and kind of goofy because he fits that world so well. He's 22. He's dating a high school girl. Everyone has given him garbage about it. He's in a not very good garage band called Sex Babom, and. Their whole purpose is just to go get gigs and, you know, live life. He's, he dreams about this other girl. Oh, man, she's gorgeous. She's fantastic. She's the girl for me. Then he sees her at a party. And so he tries to pursue said girl. Only problem is said girl has some exes, some ex-boyfriends. To be specific, she has seven. And they're actually in a league. They are the league of these seven evil ex-boyfriends. So he has to defeat all seven in battle to win the hand of his new love. And it is freaking hilarious. Oh, my God. It's it's set up very much like every battle is like a video game. And it's just brilliantly conceived, brilliantly executed. One of the things that 
I like the most about the movie, other than the fact that it's really, really funny and really well, well put together, is the cast. Okay, so your lead is Michael Sarah. <clears throat> the uh, second lead, the female love interest, is Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's been in a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things. But the supporting cast, these are these. The, this is the supporting cast: <clears throat> Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, oh, I have to scroll way down to find his name because he's so far down the list. This is hilarious. Uh, okay, there's Brie Larson. Thank you. There's Brandon Ralph. That's the guy I was looking for. Oh, yeah, and Chris Evans is in this, too. So, <laughs> Big list of people we know now. Yeah, and um, just an amazing cast. It, I mean, it, they could not have... Well, they could afford to make this movie if they wanted to make it, do, like, do a sequel. But uh, Disney would have to do it because they're about the only ones who could f- fit the bill. Uh, I mean, holy cow. What an awesome cast. And they're all extremely, extremely good in their roles. I mean, man. Chris Evans is just absolutely over the top as a movie star who, yeah, just for whatever reason, randomly dated this rando chick and plays it as pretty much everyone does over the top, but just to the right level. Oh, my God. This movie is absolutely hilarious. Looks fabulous. Oh, and Jason Schwartzman. I might have forgotten to mention Jason Schwartzman. So, yeah, also him. So poor Michael Sarah, you know, goes up the ladder as he goes deeper and deeper, or I should say goes up the levels. And yes, he does level up a couple times. And yes, he does gain certain powers, which uh, help him in his quest. And this movie is absolutely amazing. One of the things that really made me wish is, speaking of Ant-Man, uh, and I really liked the first Ant-Man movie and, and the sequel, but I really would be would love to have seen Edgar Wright's version of Ant-Man. I was going to mention that he was originally tagged to do that. I have a feeling that it was going to be very comic booky and over the top and crazy because it's Edgar Wright. Uh, and that didn't really fit with Marvel's vision for their their universe, which I can see. So I can see that they parted ways for that because it would not have fit in that well with the rest of it but i don't care i would really love to see what he was going to do because edgar wright is just an absolute freaking genius i mean he's amazing so if you are a fan of the cornetto trilogy or anything edgar wright has done and for some reason you haven't seen scott pilgrim versus the world you're inside you anyway <laughs> you have yes you have plenty of time and you absolutely Owe it to yourself. And if you don't even know who Edgar Wright is, it doesn't matter. You totally need to watch this movie. I mean, it's just... Michael Sarah is the awkward, goofy guy who's in a good comic book movie, as opposed to Jesse Eisenberg, who is the awkward, goofy guy who's in a trash comic book movie. So uh-huh. Michael Sarah is the one that you want. Super fun movie. Excellent. Scott Pilgrim versus The World. See, you got uh, a movie that sounded a lot like a video game. Whereas I did a movie that was based on a video game, which traditionally they're kind of crap. Yes. This one could have been better, but it wasn't horrible either. I looked at the recently released straight to video, although it did have a good run in theaters, Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, you've probably seen the trailer at this point, whether it's the original one where they really screwed him up or the one where they said, oh, make him look like the video game. Okay, we can do that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you've seen the trailer. 
Well, the movie is uh, more of that, really. There's not a whole lot to it. Uh, in the movie, Jason Marsden plays the sheriff of a small town in Montana where Sonic is sent to as a baby to protect him from bad guys. Superman, anyone? Hmm. Uh, at one point in his life, though, he accidentally sets off an EMP with his speed, <clears throat> blacking out the entire northwest part of the United States. Oops. The U.S. government, in its infinite wisdom, decides to send Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik to investigate because uh, there's there's no one better <laughs> although everyone there is that you're sending who oh god not him don't send him which is kind of the way you're gonna feel after a while that he's in the movie you know whatever <clears throat> jim carrey's in the movie we know that but mercifully he isn't in it as much as the trailers made it out to be yay <laughs> uh the movie focuses on marsden and sonic as they travel f uh to san francisco actually <clears throat> to retrieve sonic's bag of magic rings, which are really portals to wherever you think about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Sonic, well, when they first meet each other, it's in Marsden's garage. He has a Trank gun. He thinks he's going after raccoons. Nope, it's Sonic. He accidentally shoots Sonic with a tranquilizer. Uh, and the last thing Sonic sees before he passes out is Marsden's shirt that says San Francisco. He drops a ring. It opens a portal. The rings fall in. There you go. Uh, the subplot for this, I suppose, is that Sheriff Marsden is going to go be a beat cop in San Francisco to prove himself to himself. Ah. Uh, his wife says he doesn't need to, and she doesn't really want to go to San Francisco because her family lives there and they don't like him. Ah. Guess who doesn't care? That would That's going to be you after a few minutes. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a pointless subplot. Um it's it's unnecessary, but it does provide a couple of comic things and explains where Sonic gets his shoes. Marsden's niece. Anyway, what, was it a horrible movie? Uh, no, not really. It, it's purely a kid's film, and it only really had two things that I did not... No, wait a minute. Three things I did not like about it. I forgot Jim Carrey was in it. Uh, <laughs> number one, I have never liked Jim Carrey. And does he, he does some of his over-the-top stuff in this, and you kind of go... Oh, why exactly are you doing that? Because I'm Jim Carrey. Yeah, shut up. Um, I, I saw him do something in a somewhat serious role a few years ago, and I went, he can do serious stuff. Did he choose to in this? No, didn't. Um, two, this movie had entirely too much product placement in it. Ooh. And I mean, not just that Sonic the Hedgehog had a collection of Flash comic books, which I thought was cute. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's things like uh, they end up in a restaurant and the waitress says, can I get you guys something to drink? Yeah, I'd like a mellow yellow. I didn't even know that stuff still existed. You know, that that's <laughs> product placement. Um, I, I, mellow yellow? Mellow yellow. <laughs> oh, wow. make it worse, uh, Olive Garden is mentioned throughout the entire movie Wow! to the point where they start mentioning menu items and what was it? There's a general at the end of it. Have you tried their end endless pasta bowl? It never ends. And you go, it's, it, it, it's freaking olive garden. Come, why are we talking about this in this movie? It, it's not pasta, the hedgehog, you know, usually when you have tie-ins like this, that they're, with all big products and Sponsor. you know com companies that would have paid a lot of money it's like mellow yellow mellow? I mean, i'm not gonna Which be a, a subsidiary of coke 
Yeah, I don't care for Olive Garden, but you know, it's part of a big a big corporation. It's like okay, fine. But so, Mellow Yellow, wow. Yeah, the, the third thing I did not care for was that this movie should have come out about thirty years ago when Sonic was popular. Um <clears throat> I mean, I, I do know that the tech didn't exist and it would have been really horrible. But just because you've developed the tech doesn't mean we should do it now. Or, you know, at least I was thinking maybe they've gotten it out of their system and we can move on. No, they haven't because there could be a sequel because it did good in theaters. Surprisingly good in theaters. Uh, Robotnik doesn't die. That's not a spoiler. Uh, you see it in the trailer if you look for it. And... Tales from Sonic 2 makes a cameo mid uh, mid credit in in I guess in the mid credit scene, which is kind of cool because I liked Tales. But the best part of the movie, which I'm going to tell you about, is the credits before we get to that cameo. That's right. The best part of the movie is the credits because they recreate the entire movie using the 16-bit Sonic the Hedgehog video game footage, or at least that's what it looks like. <laughs> and frankly, that works better than the movie did. Oh wow. It's only about two minutes worth of stuff, and you go through the whole movie, and you go, oh, that version is better. <laughs> That's a problem, and the credits so, are better than the movie. It is. You know, <laughs> but just to sum it up, do you have kids? Do they like old video games? Then they'll like this. But for adults, do you like old video games? You're going to like this better than the Super Mario Brothers movie. I still, which I actually like that movie, and I know I'm one of like eight people. And yeah, uh... That movie I, was, I, I know. I still maintain that they purposely did an awful job on the design of Sonic when they put the first trailer out just to get people talking about it and then went ahead and went with their plan to use the real design because otherwise, who would have been talking about a Sonic movie? Exactly. Anyway, and I... You're absolutely right. But you watched another movie. I did watch another movie, which was a deliberate horror show, as opposed to the initial design of Sonic with human teeth. This is called Bliss, and it is, it's sold as, oh, it's kind of this hallucinogenic, crazy movie where this young artist, she's has this psych, she has this block, and she's got, she has artist block as opposed to writer's block, and she's trying to get through it, and she takes some drugs, and she goes on this really insane path. And things get weird and trippy. Like, okay, that sounds really cool. Sounds interesting. And it does all those things. It does get definitely weird and trippy and goes in really weird areas, but also gets really, really violent and gory, which I was not really expecting from the trailer, which I was happily surprised because I like violent, gory movies as long as they really are fit the plot. And it does. So this poor young lady, she's, She's been successful as like making that painting album covers, things like this, but she's had this block. She's like mm, two months behind in her rent, something like that. She goes to meet her agent to get her advance and she hasn't done anything lately. So the agent, instead of giving her the advance dumps her. So she is just having a really, really lousy weekend. So she runs into some friends. Friends say, Oh, you got to try this. Hang with us. This is going to be great. So she hangs with her friends and they have a wild sex three-way, which shows a lot. So this is not one for the kids unless you want to scar your kids. Uh, and yeah, they shouldn't be watching this anyway because there's murder in it, which is worse than the sex as far as I'm concerned. It's, you know, for your five-year-old to watch. The kid's six. Okay, that's then it's a judgment call. So they have this insane wild uh, night. And her friend gives her a drug. Says, oh, you got to try this. This will make, this will be wonderful. 
because she's already taken some drugs from her friend. Now she takes this other drug called Bliss, hence the name of the movie. So she has this amazing experience, absolutely crazy, trippy. She gets home. She has her, her painting is this huge, probably 10 feet, nah, eight by maybe eight by eight feet. And it basically is just a big field of red with kind of a swirly, almost blank spot in the middle. So she goes home and she paints. You can't see what she's doing, but she's painting. She wakes up later and she has painted what looked like twigs or something at the bottom. It's just kind of a weird form, but she's like, okay, cool. So I've done some painting. She goes out on more adventures. She does more drugs. She gets uh, weirder and stranger. And there may be some murders involved. Because something is happening to her, which is not really cool. Like she bites people. Ow, they're hurt. And yeah, she starts like drinking their blood. It doesn't appear that she's a vampire. She's definitely not a zombie. But something really messed up is, is going on here. She goes home. She paints more. So this series repeats. Lather, rinse, repeat. Except you're lathering with blood, basically. So it gets crazier and crazier until it goes, flips way over the top. In a really good way. And so her painting is moving along in stages. And now you see what she's actually been painting at the bottom and as it rises up. And it comes to a, I don't want to say any more other than just it comes to a very satisfying conclusion. And I did guess what the painting was going to be about mm, maybe a third of the way through the movie, which I usually don't try to do that. But I just thought, yeah, I think that's going to be it. And I was right, which is like, not like I'm a movie detective or anything, but it's like it, it made sense. It, it's not like, oh, I guess what happened in the sixth sense halfway through. It's not that kind of an issue. Not like, oh, shoot, I ruined my, the movie for myself. But it absolutely makes sense within the context of the whole film. And it, I really, really enjoyed this movie. It, it's definitely a low budget film. Not that it looks like it, but just you don't recognize any of the stars. Uh, but they all do a really, really good job. It, it definitely looks like a bunch of people who have hung out in like local theater and thought, you know what, let's get together and make a movie kind of a thing because they have the vibe of people who know each other. Uh, th- so the connections seem very good. Either that or nobody knows each other and they're just excellent actors. But it's really, really good action. It's also really short, 81 minutes, which is in, in this short. age. In this age of movies that the runtime at the theater, not the director's cut, is pushing three hours, that's a short film. But it doesn't feel like it. It tells its story. Then there's, it jumps right into it. You don't have, as in a movie I reviewed uh, about a month ago at this point, 45 minutes of god-awful, boring exposition for no damn reason because they never developed the characters. And nope, none of that is in here. None of that is in here. That was Green Inferno. And by God save you if you watch that piece of garbage. Bliss is a really, really good small horror film. So if you are in the mood for a horror movie that's not part of a big franchise, never heard anything about it, Bliss is the one you need to watch. Bliss was very, very well done. Uh, I talked about Color Out of Space before, and I really like Color Out of Space, but I think this is actually a better film. Definitely, if you are in the mood for something, I don't know if it's scary. Yeah, I guess it's scary, but it's certainly terrifying. So bliss is your path to your horror bliss. So we've actually got three movies that we recommend this week, but they're all for different demographics. Indeed they are. We've got something for everyone this week. Amazing, aren't we? So, you know, we've 
we're we're helping the world here, I think, as opposed yeah. to Scott Pilgrim versus it. We're 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 helping the world in that we've got movies that you can watch, you can see all these all of these at home. You can stay in your house or your apartment or your shed or whatever, perfectly safe from the the dreaded beer virus. Yes, and uh, just stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Hey, who turned out the lights?